Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle podcast, a show that looks at how our passions impact lives and drive career choices. I'm Andy Gray, a former national and world champion kickboxer. During my shows, I'll be talking with athletes, coaches, fans and more as I delve into their world to find out what inspired them on their journey. Welcome to Hobby of a Lifestyle. Merry Christmas and season's greetings. I hope you've all had a fantastic day with your families. I hope you're staying safe and I hope you're staying well during the pandemic. This week, I've got a fantastic guest for you. He is the host of the Sidekick podcast. It's David Baldwin, aka Tank. His show introduces sport karate competitors to some of the best athletes in sport karate around the world. And I thought it was really important that Sidekick podcast listeners learn more about the host's journey. He's got a fantastic pedigree. He's got a fantastic story. And he's not only a British champion in sport karate, but he's also a national champion in another sport. But without spoiling it too much, we'll get straight into the interview and find out more about Tank. Good evening, Tank. Welcome to the Hobby of a Lifestyle for Take Two. <laughs> how, are how are you this evening? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you very much. Well, I think it's really important, you know, I've seen Take Two there. We've obviously recorded something in the past, but when I listen back to it, and then after listening to your podcast, so for listeners, um, David Baldwin Tank has got a podcast called The Sidekick Podcast, which is all around sport karate kickboxing. It's fantastic. And it just didn't do didn't do you justice. And I think it's really important that certainly listeners of your podcast get to learn more about your backstory as well. So, thanks, for the, thanks for having me on, mate. I appreciate it. I've, before, and I, I feel like uh, I've got some imposter syndrome coming on because some of the guests you've had on are, are amazing. So... No, well, yeah, I appreciate that, but it's going to be great to have you on as well. And as a big fan of your show, it's, it's class to have you on. I'm re- I'm Thank you very much. Um, so let's tell everybody, Tank, what is your hobby? What's your passion? Um, my hobby is sport karate or kickboxing, as some people like to call it. And where did it all begin? Um, it all began in Liverpool, obviously. Um, obviously. I was five years old. Um, we were in school. And one of the children, uh, there was a new child in school. And he, as he come out, his mum said, "Oh, I've I've found a, a martial arts school around the corner." Uh, to my mum, my mum decided that that's something I should go to. Okay. So I, I, I did. I was it, I did. I was five years old. It was actually um, the sixth of March, nineteen ninety. It was only for recall that. Yeah, well, it was on my fifth birthday. I remember being okay. on my fifth birthday, so that's how I, that's how I remember the, the exact date. Right, um, and you can send birthday cards to the Psychic Podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's class. And what what style of sport karate karate well, martial art? What was it? Well, it, it, essentially, it was freestyle karate. Um, okay, freestyle karate started as. Shotokan karate or traditional karate that was evolved for tournaments and sport um, to, to, for, for fighters to compete. When the, the club that I went to, when we first started, we sort of in the transition of, of going from a traditional karate to a sport karate. And right, okay. the tournaments that we were going to, we were just learning from really. And because the concept was so new, you had a lot of lads who were from Laogar, which is a, a country. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, and and 
there was and taekwondo. Um, you know, there was a lot of loosely based taekwondo guys. Again, that was me. My, my, my association when I first started was very much based on taekwondo kicks. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, all we done is we went to tournaments and it was, there was a loose set of rules. Yeah. And be, because the rules were so broad, it brought in a lot of martial arts, which is sort of formed the freestyle kickboxing or sport karate, as, as people like to call yeah. it now. Yeah, of course. So you're five years old, just turned five as well. You've went to your first session. What can, can you remember sort of what the feeling was when you went on those first couple of sessions? Was it the case of, you know what it is, mom, this is the best thing I've ever done? Or was it uh, just a, all oh, right, I'll go along because you want me to go along? Um, I remember going and I remember them standing in lines. I remember doing techniques in lines as a traditional club would. Um, I remember us training on the old parquet wooden flooring because it was okay. in a church. It was in a church hall. We had a stage, um, but I, 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 you couldn't have any shoes or socks on. Yeah. And it was March. It was cold. And I, I, yeah. I distinctly remember being cold. Um, but I also remember just falling in love and loving it really, really. Very early on. Yeah, I've, I've done, you know, I've done a, a number of, I've got into a number of sports, but it's something that I've always come back to. It's, it's like your first love type of thing. No, I love that. So you started training at five years old and it sounds like you started competing very quickly as well from being five years old or certainly going to tournaments to watch other members of the club compete. Yeah. Um, I remember the guys who used to, who were allowed to go to tournaments, so they were either the senior grades or, or they were stand out as, a, as a, a fighter in the club. They were always kept behind after the class. So everyone would bow and they'd say, right, okay, you're staying back, you're staying back, you're staying back, etc." Right. And I always wanted to be one of those guys. I never, ever liked getting sent home. So yeah, it's yeah. Kind, of like, kind of like not getting picked to football, maybe. Um, yeah. So that was something that I always wanted to work towards. And once once I had got I don't actually remember the, the point of, you know, getting into that elite yeah. group that the guys were in. But that was something that I always looked for. And once I got in there, it was pretty, it was pretty quick that we started going to tournaments. I was probably, well, I was, I was, I was six. I was six, six when years I first old for your first tournament. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And was that actually competing as well? It was, yeah. That's yeah, we uh, competed in a, it was called the Pee Wee section. Yeah. It was for under sevens. That's close. Um, I was, I was quite, I was quite big at the time. Well, I'm, I was I'm quite a big lad, you know, and at the time I was tall. So even though I was six, I was still taller than most of the people in yeah, there. Yeah. Um, wow. But obviously when you're six years old and that that jump between a six-year-old and a seven-year-old is, is massive. Uh, yeah. At that age, it's not like when you're 28 or 29. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely. And then you get hit as well for the first time. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first couple of tournaments, I mean, <laughs> the first one I went to, um, I got a good good pace in about, you know, a 10 nil because I didn't yeah. really know what was going on. Like, to be honest, like 99% of the people who, who jump into any martial arts or whatever, 
that's yeah. that's what you get. You get you get your 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 wake up call, so to speak. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, even at six, seven year old, it's still a bit of a, like a shock to the system. They go, "Wow, oh, absolutely!" I've just yeah. been, I've been hit in the face. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it, we see it all the time, don't we? How many children cry, and it's not because they've been hurt; it's just because of the shock. Yeah, I think it's a lot to do with uh, adrenaline as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the first time that they've been put in that situation, and yeah. Um, my second tournament I went to, um, my mum come, and that was the only time she's ever been. Um, I love that. She actually, I was, I think I, I must have took a, a big shot or something like that. And she ran on the mat and hugged me and shouted, Stop hitting my baby. That is amazing. Uh, yeah. I love that. So, so that it's, I mean, it, <laughs> when I think back, it's embarrassing now, isn't it? But, you know, at the time, I probably yeah. just didn't, I probably just I hugged her back, you know. Yeah, six or seven years old. Six, six years man. old. After, yeah, six, six years old when someone's just punched you in the face. It's not, you know. Um, Did you get back on the mat and go, my man says you can't hit me now? <laughs> I think that was sort of just, I think they just, I think they just said, oh, do you know what? It's like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't hit him. We'll just, we'll just call it a day there. Oh, anyway. I love that. The guys won, you know. I love that. And just for listeners who maybe don't understand when you say they're getting like, you know, 10-0. Yeah. There's obviously so many different versions of sport karate, kickboxing. Yeah. Can you just explain a little bit more about the, the style that you compete in? Uh, the style that I compete in is mainly I'm a, I'm a points fighter. So what will happen is um, two two fighters will come on the mat. You'll have three referees who will, who will stand on the mat with you. Um, they'll say fight and whoever basically hits with a correct technique first will get the point. Um, referees will stop the fight and they'll issue the point straight away and it'll come up on a screen or a board next to the the, the mat. Yeah, that's brilliant. The top and bottom of it is. Yeah, yeah, that's After, after the, 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 the two minutes, then whoever's got the most points wins. Um, it sounds simple, but I mean, in in, in practice, it's it's so hard to... Oh, it's, it's so much more than it's absolutely horrendous to get a hold of if you've never trained it. Because I know I've tried it a few times. In fact, I think you cornered me yeah. at one tournament, and um, you yeah, I did. Yeah, probably just yeah. wasted six minutes of your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it was worth it for the laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can imagine it was. I can imagine. Yeah. It, honestly, just it's such a hard skill when it's something that you haven't trained in. Yeah, I think you have got a. I, I don't think if if you come from any other type of martial arts and jump into that it's it's almost impossible to pick up no I, I, I totally agree it is it is just a total different mindset to yeah. continuously hitting somebody and then moving out. don't yeah. get me wrong there's lots of elements that you, you can use in the continuous world where you're in and out but you're hitting three and four shots rather than just one or two aren't you and it's not stopped yeah. you've almost got to be ready to get hit back well yeah the only the only other problem you've got as well is through different associations or different competitions you go to, the rules differ. So yeah. it might be one point for a uh, punch to the head, one point for a punch to the body, yeah. uh, two points for a kick to the head. Yeah. But then other associations will say, okay, well, it's two points for a kick to the body and three points yeah, for a kick to course. the head. If you do a jumping kick, you might get four points. Yeah. But in another competition, you might only get three. And yeah. So there is a, a lot of different rules that you can go to, but essentially it's it's all the, the same fight. No, it is. It's super technical and it's, it's so good to watch. I think it's so good to watch just because it's so explosive and so fast. Yeah. And I think that's why the Americans are so good at it. Um, yeah. It is massive. 
it is massive in America. Yeah. It really is. Or North America, even across Canada, it's massive. And I think that's why they are so good at it because some of the sports that they do are all explosive plyometric sports yeah. where they'll do like the American football where it's explosive for five seconds. Yeah, yeah. And then you're back, you know, and then you, you calm right down and then you go again. Yeah. And maybe it's, it's because of the way they train that, that they're, you know, it, it is so... Yeah, and the mentality out there for sport is just so different to ours over here, and certainly in the UK, you know, the, because yeah. the NCAA out there is just a huge emphasis on being good at a sport in order to get maybe a scholarship. I know that I've yeah. spoken to so many guests who have either are from America or North America, or actually went over to America to study, and the and they've all went through sport which has just been, yeah. it's been mind blown. Anyway, let's get back to, you know, first tournaments and whatnot. So you started with a, a, like okay. a, a freestyle karate slash Shotokan yeah. club as a child. You started yeah. competing at six, seven years old. You've got the book for it. What was the next progression from that? Um, I won my first tournament then when I was seven. Okay. Um, and I just sort of pushed on from there after, after, after I progressed out of the peewee section, the, the under seven or seven and unders, um, we got you go to a height based system, or you did go to a height based system. It's more weight based now, yeah. but uh, back in like '92, um, it was all height based. So I'd then go from seven to competing against twelve year olds or thirteen year olds because wow. I was tall. Yeah, which um, it never knocked me. I don't suppose because I think it was just. You go, you do your thing. You're probably gonna get beat at that yeah, age, of course. and then and then you've got the rest of the day to spend with your your, your friends yeah. at this tournaments. You know, running around causing chaos and what <laughs> else. Definitely. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until I was probably 14 I started winning some competitions again. Okay, and then at 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 16 I won a, a British title and. And went and in, on to fight for Great Britain. Then, so what was it like getting sixteen years old and winning that first British title? It was strange, really. I wasn't I wasn't fixed to any club when I was younger. Ninety um, six, the club that I was with it disbanded, and everyone went their separate ways and whatever. And I was just doing some training with bits of people I knew, and, and then I was training on my own. Two thousand and one. It was, I was training on my own and I decided that I was going to go and compete. And I remember on the way up there, my dad saying, I, I, I was really confident. I was saying, no, this is me. I'm going to win and I'm going to qualify and I'm going to go to fight for Great Britain. And I think I'd said it that much that my dad was like, whoa, you know, we haven't got there yet. Just, just, just chill yeah. out. You know, you don't know who's going to be there, what it's going to be like. You haven't been there for a couple of years, yeah, yeah. you know, um, but I never, I just went and, and I, I did my thing and I, and I won. That's um, incredible. And I know I, I kind of asked you this on, on on take one, if you want to call it that, but what was yeah. it like going back to school as a 16-year-old and going, I'm the best in the country? Um, Good, but strange at the same time because the school that I was in, um, we had another, another guy from another club in Liverpool Right. He was he was a lighter he was a lighter weight than me, shorter than me. Uh, called Robbie Hughes, right? And he'd won like six British titles at the time. 
as a as a lightweight. So it was like I was I was going in like yeah I've won and I'm yeah, international yeah. now, you know. But Robbie's been an international for three years, so <laughs> it was a yeah it was it was strange. But you know everyone, you know you, you get the congratulations, don't you? Oh, and to everyone, see you the best in the not just the country because when you see it back in the day it was the GB at the time, wasn't it? It wasn't just it wasn't just it was England, yeah, it was it before they kind of separated to be the best at anything in the UK is absolutely phenomenal. Do you think that almost having Robbie in your class kind of kept you grounded and focused a little bit when you, because I know, I know that I totally ran away with past accolades and let it get in my head. And it's wrong. I wish I'd kind of had, it's not wrong, but it's, I wish I'd had that somebody there to go, hold on a second. You know, even someone outside of your circle of friends, just to be able to go rein it in, you know, you, you've done one thing yeah. now you need to kind of progress and do the next thing yeah absolutely and I think that was something that um, that that not Robbie instilled on me I wouldn't say it was, it was something that I noticed with Robbie he yeah. was very humble yeah he never come and said guess what I've done you know yeah, yeah. he was he was kind of the, the quiet assassin type yeah. of thing which which I sort of adopted at that point myself yeah do, do you reflect back on that now because that's you know, half a lifetime ago, and go. That that's a pretty impressive thing to do at sixteen year old when I'm not currently trained with anyone in particular. You know, it's not like I've got a, an actual coach who's there with me hundred percent of the time. I'm dotting between clubs. I'm training where I where I kind of feel finding your feet to a club that you want to settle down with again. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was it, it when when I look back, it makes me think about. Now, when it, when it's train, if I was to train on my own now, um, there's 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 no chance that I'd do it because I'd have too many distractions and uh, and whatever. That's that's why I train with me, me coach that I train now because I need I need that person who's who's gonna kick me up the backside and say let's let's go. Yeah, of course. Um, I, so yeah, when when you got the sixteen, you've won your first British title. You know, yeah. you're now going to be a member of the GB team that goes away and represents GB at a world championships, but you're trying to train with anyone in particular. Was that a case where, was that a time when you looked at yourself and goes, I really need to now find someone I'm comfortable training with who's going to help me push to that international level instead of just going along for the experience that, you know, you want to push on and go to compete. It was actually after the world championships that I qualified for, it was in Austria, in Vienna, um, and it was it was amazing. It was just such an eye opener when I went and seen how other athletes conducted themselves yeah. and how they trained. And um, I was taking Alfie Lewis took me under his wing out there. who was the wow. GB coach at the time. Yeah. Um, another another uh, phenomenal coach from Liverpool and fighter. Um, and and I'd done a bit of training with them out there. And I got up to fight and. I, that's when I knew that I needed someone to train with because I fought a, a guy from the Czech Republic who was just way beyond me in, in ability and yeah. speed and technique and everything. And it, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a bit of an awakening and that, that's when I knew I needed yeah. to, you know, to do something. And I suppose you're on, you know, you live in an absolute hotbed of talent when it comes to sport karate for in Liverpool it is just renowned for the world championships that it produces that world champion, sorry, the British champions that produce it. And just, you know, you can, you can probably hold one hand up and 
pick five coaches off straight away who are absolutely elite at the sport. Um, and you've already had absolutely. you've already had two of them on your show already. You've already just mentioned another one there with with Alfie. Yeah. Who was it after that World Championships that you decided to go and train with initially? It was Lorraine Riley. Okay. Um, again, she was one of Alfie Lewis's students from his Centre of Excellence, which yeah. is, again, renowned across the freestyle karate yeah. world. It, it's just... Um, it that, that, again, was just a hotbed of talent. Um, but, yeah, I decided to go and train at Lorraine Riley, who, again... Amazing fighter, regardless, is one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. Um, and I went there and, uh, for a couple of years. I'd gone up into the adults then. When you're 16, back then, 16, you were an adult. Yeah. So I'd gone into the adults then and I struggled really, but I wasn't winning every week like I was as a child yeah. or as a, as a 16 year old um, until maybe 2003, the end of 2003, I started. I started picking up wins every few weeks. Um, what made you choose Lorraine? And why was she, as soon as you come back from the World Championships, why was it Lorraine? Was it just because of the pedigree of competitor she was? Was it the way there wasn't the way she taught? So was was there something about Lorraine where you just went, she is the coach that I need? I don't know. I can't put my finger on it specifically what, what the decision was. Um, I'm not quite sure. I don't know whether it was location or whether her training times fitted around my work okay. or, or what. I don't know. Um, but when when I got there and I was training with with them, it was it was hard. And yeah, and, yeah. and it, it it really makes you realise that for the last couple of years you've just been ticking over. Yeah. You haven't been doing what you should be doing. Yeah, of course. And I can imagine yeah. it is almost a, a rude awakening when you go and train with someone who has yeah. trained with Alfie and every other fighter that he has brought through the ranks as well. Yeah. And that's just from yeah. his school. That's not even the other the other great coaches that are out in the Oh world. yeah. Well uh, Lorraine also you know already has great fighters yeah. there. And, you know, she had a, a, a husband teaching with her who's he's a husband now, Ben Clark. Yeah. Just just uh, absolutely I don't know whether it was See the the thing with Lorraine is if if you're doing something wrong, she will not say to you, right, you're doing this wrong, so just do this. She'll tell you, and that's it. There won't be, she won't go around the house to to, yeah. to tell you. And that's the way I like it. Yeah. If 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 I'm doing something wrong, just tell me straight away. Yeah, and that's course. or if I'm doing, if if there's some way you think I can improve that, just tell me. Yeah. And that's that's the way I like it because it's direct. You, you you don't waste any time saying, "Well, we should do this and should try this and you no, know, do this." And if I do it, then that's great. If yeah. you don't do it, then she'll get on me back. That, no, that's that's yeah. amazing. So, can I just quickly go back to that first British title in qualifying for GB? Your mum no longer watches you. What was your mum's? What was your mum's? You know, reaction when you said, "Mum, I know you haven't come to see me, but I'm actually now British champion. Your son's the best in Britain." Yeah, um, I don't know. I can't really remember. I'm not really good with, with reactions, and I don't know. But um, I mean, now she's she's you know she's really proud. Yeah, I could, of course. I could say to her, I've been to a, a tournament and in the first round by ten points. But you know, she'll say, "Oh, but I bet you, but you got some good shots in." Yeah, you know, yeah. she's really really supportive. She's good like that. Um, yeah. So I can I can imagine that she was you know. She was delighted. Oh, and I think it's important before we go on to what happened after 
Lorraine and, and the experiences from there. But we, we have to acknowledge your, your dad as well. Because your yeah. dad has been the more world championships than most fighters. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, he has, yeah. Has he has um, his support his just been absolutely vital to your kickboxing journey? Yeah, it has, yeah. It has. I couldn't I couldn't have done it without me dad, you know, um getting up at sometimes four o'clock in the morning to drive to London. Yeah. for a competition for you know, when I was eight years old yeah. to, to get beaten the first round and then we'll jump back in the car and, and go back home. But that's okay because you took a bit of a positive from it. Yeah, no, I really couldn't have done it without my dad, no. Because your dad is now probably yeah. one of, you know, he's a world-leading referee. He's been doing it for... Yeah, yeah. I can't. I would hate to think how many years he's been refereeing for now. Well, his first... Um, he actually fought in his first um, world championships in 96 in wow. the Czech Republic. Okay. Um, and then I think it was probably around 98, 99, maybe he started refereeing. So was your, although your mom was the person who put you into sport karate as a child, was your dad kind of like, I'm so, because it, it, you know, you seen your mom took you along the club and it wasn't your dad. Was your dad then really happy that, it, that his son had followed in his footsteps a little bit and was now competing and going to world championships? Well, it was it was strange really because although my mum found it for me, my dad always took me. I, I only remember my mum coming once, yeah, and that yeah. was when I got my black belt. Oh wow! Um, and my, my dad never started until I was a black belt about ninety five. Right? Okay. He, he actually, he, he, I think his sort of philosophy was, well, I'm coming anyway, so I might as well join in. I, I, no, I um, find so many parents joining the kids, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I was in an adults class then, so that's amazing. Uh, or I was I was in a, an advanced class, yeah, so yeah, yeah that, that's when he joined in. Yeah, and and what at what point did you spar with your dad and realize actually I can't take it yet, Dad? <laughs> um, I probably had a mental block until I was about twenty. To be fair, <laughs> really, honestly, yeah, you know, it, it's just one of them things, isn't it? Like 100%. when you're a kid, I used to spar with him, and he'd. he'd he used to love a back fist. He did yeah. me with his, his, his lead hand all the time. And I think that was sort of a mental block. And yeah. then when I was about 20, I started thinking, I've got to move out of the way of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just used to tell yeah. my mum, 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 dad's hit us yeah. <laughs> all the time, all yeah. the time. Oh, no, that is phenomenal. I, I just want to highlight that because I know how important so your dad has been in your, in your sport yeah, karate yeah. journey. And he's, he's at least, even now when you go to a tournament, he's still there. He's still refereeing. He's still involved with the sport. He's, he's still, yeah. He's still coaching and and everything. He, he loves it. He's he's really good with the the the, the younger kids, like the maybe the four to six or four to eight yeah. year olds. He's really good with them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's still he's still teaching and he's still every day as well. He doesn't he, he doesn't have a day off. So did your dad have any? Yeah. I suppose it can, we can tie it in. Did you, did your dad have any opinion or influence on where you went to decide to kind of settle on a club? when you decided with the Lorraine, or was it very much that he left it to you? Yeah, he, he, he left it to me. He was, um, I was just, I, I did have, it wasn't a, a, my own club, so to speak, but I had a few friends who were used to teach in a sports right, okay. centre, which led led to a bit of a, a bit of a club and yeah. people would come and say, oh, what, what are you doing here? And then, you know, that did lead to a bit of a club, which he used to teach in with me. Brilliant. Um, but as, as far as training with other people's wives, no, he just he just left it to me. I think he, he knew that, um, you know, I, I, I sort of knew what was best for me yeah, rather than 
rather than have the input. Yeah. So you did two thousand one World Championships. Learned learned the hard way as we as we all do. You got your first World Championships yeah. and you realise you've definitely got to change the way you do things. Yeah. You decide to settle down with Lorraine for the for the next. So two thousand two. I'm assuming you know the British Championships. You've went. You've done the job again. No, because I'd jumped up into the adults. It wasn't until two thousand and four that I actually actually got back up there. Right. Okay. Um, and qualified to to fight for for England. Wow. That, at that time. So so you missed two years of World Championships. Is that right? You missed the two thousand two two thousand three. I missed two thousand two and two thousand three. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then two thousand um, two thousand four Switzerland. Is that right? It was. Yeah. Barland Switzerland. Oh, yeah. We um. Which was a strange one because we never actually stayed in Switzerland. We stayed in Germany. Yeah, that's what was we it. Germany, Austria, and you had to like get the, the bus over every day. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We we stayed in Germany. Wow. Bus over every day, and um, obviously they they'd all get on with the guns and search the bus and check your passports, wow. and then you were allowed to go through. Um, which was again was a strange experience, but it was it's something that that lives with you for life. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my first. First world was 2003. I actually went to Cologne in 2003 and I, I missed Paul yeah. in, in Switzerland. But 2004, are you still trained by Lorraine at this point? At this point, yeah. Um, I, I'd started training with Lorraine in 2003. Um, yeah, and, and I was training with Lorraine. That, but what the, was the world championship training for, the, the, for your first world since the 2001? What was the training like? From for that one compared to your own for the 2001 World Championships, insane, really insane. That, yeah, I didn't realize there was two six o'clock's in the same day. <laughs> um, I love that. So, we'd, we'd, we'd get up in the morning and we'd do a run. But for me, if I got up in the morning and done a run, that would be my training session. But <laughs> for Lorraine, that's that's the first part of your training session. Okay. So you, you do your run and then you go and train for an hour. Right. And then you go to work and when you've finished work, you come back and train for another two, two and a half, three hours. Wow. Just depending on how generous she was feeling. <laughs> how many days a week yeah. was that? Five days a week and then you compete on a Sunday. Okay. So that was like, with, with, that wasn't with, just a yeah. world championship training camp. That was literally, you're doing this on a weekly basis now that you're an elite fighter? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that must be not well a shock to the system but within a couple of weeks you must feel incredible if that's the kind of training you're doing all the time yeah but when you when you're training like that for world championships and you go into a, a tournament on a sunday you'll be going to a tournament on a sunday and you'll you'll feel drained and you'll yeah, feel terrible and you won't course. perform how you want to perform and you'll get beat by people who you'd usually beaten yeah. and whatever and it, it was only at that point when I spoke to the rain and said this is how she said good that's how you should be feeling because we're not trying to peak for that competition that's a that's a marker that yeah. we're putting down we're we're competing for a, a tournament in eight weeks or yeah. ten weeks and that's when we're feeling and to be fair yeah that that's when as soon as it, it was perfect the peak was always perfect that's yeah that's tremendous and it just goes down to the experience factor again doesn't it that you know yeah, absolutely all yeah. learning from people who have done that that's amazing so 2004 you've went to switzerland you've you've qualified talk yeah. us talk us through that journey oh that was my first tournament as an adult um okay. was i 18 or something um yeah it was 
it was strange. I, I did have a strange tournament, um, but it was one where I was pretty happy with the way it went. I, I ended up with a bronze medal. Wow! In the World Championships, um, and it was it, again. It was like a marker. Yeah. It was. I. I. I, I put that. I was happy with it at the time. It really was. Um, yeah, I imagine. I, I think I've I've said to people before when I fought the semi final, I think I was happy that I'd I'd got that bronze. It was kind of almost your final. I wasn't really kind of yeah, and it was like I've I've got that bronze and I'm in the semi final, so I'm not really fussed what happens after that because I've medals at a world yeah. championships, um, which I suppose it is a bad mentality, but at the time, the 18 year old, it's your second world world championships and you've come back third in the world at something. You know, how many people, yeah, in that you meet in everyday life can go, actually, I was a third in the world at something, yeah. No, it is when you say it like that, but obviously, you know, from being in the sport that there's there's always that you you always want more, don't you? 100, 100%. And I think it's very easy to forget, forget the accolade, but you know, a bronze medal is still. A fantastic achievement. Yes, you know you're not yeah. always happy with them, but as an 18 year old in the second world championships, you know I quit pretty much stopped competing after 2003, and I lived off a silver medal. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's only one person that was better than that. I'm okay with that. You know, yeah. it's yeah. very much because the outside world, people who don't compete and don't know much about sport karate, you're third best in the world. That's something like it's an amazing achievement. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is when you think when you when you assess the situation, yeah. it is it is an amazing achievement. Yeah, it's just when you're inside that that circle in that bubble and you know what that you can yeah. achieve more. Yeah, of course, of it course. is it is now thinking back. Yeah, it is a dis- It's not a disappointment because it was so long ago now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know that I probably could have progressed it a little bit more. Then. Yeah. And I'm sure that that has only set you in a good stead for the mentality that you've developed throughout the journey oh yeah you know because you yeah. like you sit there now looking back and going well yeah i definitely want want more and i'm sure you didn't go into another tournament with that mentality that a bronze medal is you know i'm really pleased with that so you've yeah. done 2004 on, worlds yeah. you've come back yeah. and 2000 because let's be honest these worlds and british championships come around so thick and fast it seems to be british and well at the beginning of the year the world's at the boards the end of the year then all of a sudden you've got christmas and you're straight back into things again so what what happened yeah. 2005 was there another world championship for you 2005 there was yeah qualified again for to fight for england um in canada yep um, okay which is a big one i'd never i'd never been across to canada at the time yeah, and that was that was a big one when we got there. We were staying in the the Double C Hilton Resort, wow. and we were on Niagara Falls. We were fighting in the casino. It was a it was a it was a big spectacle. It really was. And what's the feel like when you rock up to Canada, and all of a sudden, you know, you've told your friends about World Championships. You maybe haven't paid too much attention to where you're staying. You just know you're going to fight in Canada, which is amazing in itself. And all of a sudden, you you pull up at a casino, see the see the fighting arena that you're going to be competing in. It's, you know, you're overlooking Niagara Falls. Is it almost like a bit of a wow moment where you go, I've, I've kind of made this. This is, you know, this is what I want to keep doing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and one of the other things when we were there, uh, the World Championships were on, um, on in the week. So they were on, I think it was Sunday to Friday. So for those who don't know, 
it's like um it's like a knockout system. Yeah. So there might be 32 people and you'll fight so on. If you win, you go through to the next round and then so on and so forth through to the yeah. semi-final. And then the finals were on the Friday. On the Saturday, um, in the same place we were we were fighting, um, Hashim Rahman was due to fight Vitaly Klitschko. Wow. So of it on the big on the big um casino screen that was what was advertised outside and you know leading up to it there was all kinds of people coming and you know it was it was a big thing so yeah it was it was really um it's quite daunting actually you you know as a, a 19 20 year old there like wow this is the magnitude of the whole occasion the fact that you actually competing yeah. somewhere where Vitaly Klitschko is going to be fighting in the same arena yeah 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 and uh Hope well, yeah, the next day, yeah. It's a, what an amazing, even just that in itself is an amazing thing to be able to tell. Well, now podcast listeners, anybody who listens to the story, that is unbelievable. Go, well, you know what it is? Yeah, I actually competed where Vitaly Klitschko fought the next the next night, you know. Yeah. I actually, you know, yeah. I, I warmed them up. I warmed them up before we, before we went on. <laughs> yeah, I just warmed the crowd up. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just went out there, just, you know, put on, put on a spectacle. And how did you get on at those yeah. 2005 World Championships? Well, I, I think I, at that championships was one where people had noticed me then from the year before. Yeah. And maybe I was one that people were looking out for because I picked up a bronze medal. Um, I remember getting through the first two rounds, the first two preliminaries, um, doing well, going through. I went through and fought an American who had beat in the in the last 16 right yeah um me quarter final was against a lad called ben stewart yeah who he was he was the canadian poster boy yeah you know in canada he was very flash and yeah. flamboyant and you know played up to the crowd and whatever um and I beat him in the quarterfinals. Brilliant. Then I went through into the semifinals and the German who'd beat me the year before in the semifinals again, I fought him and I beat him and, and progressed to the final. Wow. But in the in the meantime, Lorraine, who was my coach, one of our fighters had, had hurt themselves, they've hurt their hand. So she had to go to the hospital with them. Oh, so no. she wasn't with, with us. She was at the hospital. Right. So you, your finals were on the Friday. Maybe it was on a... Tuesday or Wednesday or something. Yeah. So I've got back to the hotel. She's come in and she's gone, how did you get on? And I've said, well, I'm in, I'm in the final on Friday. And that was sort of like the realization that we can do this. Yeah. No, yeah. no this, this is, this is our chance to, to do this. That's amazing. Yeah. And what happened, um, what happened in the final? In the final, I fought a, a guy called Emmanuel St. Louis. I'm, I'm actually still friends with him now. I see him when I go to, uh, across to international tournaments. Um, wow. And a, a Canadian guy, yes, a really nice fella. Um, he was probably, what, what was I, 19? He was about early 30s, maybe. Right, okay. And and um, and it was with him. He, he beat me by one point in the, in the final. Wow. Um, or two points or something yeah, in, the, in the final, yeah. And that was um, that was a real shock to the system. Um, I remember coming coming back to the hotel, and we had payphones there. And I remember getting on the payphone and phoning the 
my girlfriend at the time, my wife now. And I just broke down on the phone and I was like, I can't believe what's happened. And, you know, yeah. this is me now I'm done. You know, all, all that. Um, yeah, but it, it was, a, you know, it's, it's not a nice experience and it's something that I run through in my head all the time now. Really? Even, even, even to this day, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll really analyze the fight or what I can remember of yeah, the fight yeah. and say, I should have done this or I should have done that. Wow. Um, and it, it is something that I overanalyze in my head now, yeah. And was it really, were you really at almost at a point, a, a breaking point where you, you want to quit the sport because of that loss? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. I didn't, um, I, I didn't compete for two years after that. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't train. I didn't go back training with Lorraine after that. Um, I, I just sort of fell out of love with it. I never, I never trained. What, um, what did you do in those two years where you weren't doing anything? Was it just nothing? Or did you have something else going on in no. your life? It just No, just just n- nothing. Wow. Um, I, I just, yeah, just, um, I, I, I say I didn't say, and I just done little bits to yeah. tick over and and whatever else. But yeah, I just, uh, I just never, I, I just never bothered doing anything. Was it the draw of the 2008 World Championships that brought you back or was it love for the sport? Because I remember I came back 2008 because they were going to be in Orlando. And I, you know, I kind of flirted with the idea of making a bit of a return in 2007. Didn't really get up for the challenge. And then when my mate said, it's going to be, 2008's going to be Orlando at ESPN Disney. Do you fancy that? I was like, yeah, okay. This is definitely a motivator. Well, it was it was strange. Me, me, me dad, obviously, I knew it was going to be there. Yeah, my, dad yeah. was, my dad was going as a, as a referee. And I, I flirted with the idea and I'd done some training, but I, I just thought that this isn't, this isn't the, the one for me to come back at. I haven't trained enough. So I never ended up actually going. Um, it was only 2000, 2009 okay. when we were in Dublin and yeah. Ireland that that was me, me, my next one back. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely that, that sort of, sparked it again so you haven't went yeah. back to Lorraine who have you decided to train with now 2008 when you're getting back um, I, I'd, I'd gone back with Ian Hollett okay um, who when I started when I was five years old Ian was training there he was six years yeah. old and obviously we, we grew up together we'd always always spoken um, my dad had been training with Ian and teaching a bit for him right and it was sort of a well wh- why not you know yeah Um we, we've known each other for so long and you know the, yeah. it's, it's the dream we'll both do it together type of thing it's like a dream pick of um, coaches really for you isn't it there's so many you could pick from it's unbelievable yeah. I mean, the yeah. fact that you've went from Lorraine to Ian is just you know for guys yeah. who don't know sport karate these two are just like some of the two of the biggest names not just in the UK but in the world of sport karate so for, for you to be able yeah. to choose one and go to another is just phenomenal and was was it just the friendship that you had with Ian which made you settle there or was there something about the way Ian coaches where, because you're still with Ian now all this time later, was there something about the way Ian coaches where you just thought, this is now the right fit for me? Um, I th- initially, I don't think it was it was anything to do with the way Ian coaches. I knew he was a good coach. Yeah. My dad was there. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd been with a, a great coach at Lorraine. Yeah. Um, I think it was more of the fact that my dad was there. It was in January and 
I'd gone to watch a tournament that offered to open. Right. And I just got on the minibus and gone down there with them. And I'd spoke to a few people and then I, I just went and done a little bit of training and then I got more and more involved. Yeah. And 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 that was it then. We we just uh, we just plowed on from there really. That's what was a training camp for a world and British championships like doing it with Ian. How different was it to the reins? Because at the end of the day, they're very different coaches, you know, both phenomenal at what they do, but it doesn't mean the training's going to be the same mindset or the same same program. Yeah. Um with Ian, Ian's mentality and his everything, even as as ordered about him, everything's just insane. Everything about what he does seems a hundred mile an hour. Right. So we'd, we're we're quite blessed in Liverpool. We've got something called, um, they call them Everton Hills. Right. And it's basically a set of hills where any fighter ever to come out of Liverpool, whether it's a boxer like, you know, the Smith brothers or, or Rocky Fielding or these, you know, the MMA guys like Darren Till, who's quite prominent now. Anyone who comes out of Liverpool trains on Everton Hills. <laughs> right. Because they're well known for being... And just a nightmare. Yeah, no, brutal. no one likes them. Everyone hates them, you know. And you, you have to go there at six o'clock or half five in the morning in, you know, reckless conditions where the, the wind's coming in off the off the sea and oh, really? it's it, yeah, it's not a nice place. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, that's where you to go. push yourself. That's where you go. Yeah, and that was that was predominantly Ian's Ian's playground. That, right. That's where he used to go in the morning. So. <laughs> Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and Friday. I think we used to we used to do Everton Hills, wow. and there'd be all there's there's so many different routes to take and um, so many different circuits you can do. Right. And then on a Thursday, we would do um, footwear. We go to the gym. We just just do footwear drills. We wouldn't kick or we wouldn't punch. We wow. just do move, moving forward, moving back, moving forward, moving back, moving sideways, moving, moving on diagonal, moving the other way diagonal. Yeah, and yeah. so, by the time you got back onto the hills on a Friday morning, your legs were just, your legs were just gone. So that was always the hardest on on a Friday. Right. That, is, that, that yeah. was just yeah. That's just that that was that's Ian's. Ian will never ask you to do something and not do it himself. Right. Okay. It, regardless so of what. Condition he's in or whether he's injured, he will, yeah. he will, he'll never say, um, you know, he'll never say do a somersault and not be able to do it himself. He'll always yeah, yeah. have done it himself first to prove that's, that it yeah. can be done. That, yeah. yeah, and that's sometimes what you need from a coach, isn't it? Just to, to show yeah. that they're, they're willing yeah. to put in the, the work. And I suppose it probably helps that he's still competing as well and, yeah. and training with you guys. And he, he needs to get himself yeah. it, you know. And it's sometimes harder for a coach, isn't it, to, to not just coach but also motivate themselves to train in order to, yeah. to compete and, and coach whilst they're out there as well. Yeah. So you, well, you that, was with, that was Ian's mentality. It's just yeah. just phenomenal mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like that's benefited you and rubbed off on you as you've then progressed through the tournaments? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's that's definitely something that I've taken for me and that. You know, so 2009 was was actually the breakaway first world championships of WKC in Dublin. Was yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think most most people who attended the original WK has kind of stayed with WKC. Maybe most people, was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. almost a loyalty thing, wasn't it? And yeah, 
we were yeah we were all expecting a lot of a lot of guys to come over to WKC and, and they did to be fair there was a lot of yeah. great teams came over WKC so you're at the World Championships in Dublin what yeah. was that experience all what was that experience like for you it, it was it was different um, the World Championships of, of old the old WKAs were always you'd get there and they'd say you're fighting at three o'clock and you wouldn't fight till half six and you might you, you know you might still be fighting at 10 o'clock at night yeah. uh, I know I know guys like Robbie Hughes who we've spoke about I remember being at, in Austria in 2001 he, he didn't fight his final till two o'clock in the morning you know um, but WKC was a lot more organised you'd, you'd get a sheet and it'd tell you when you were fighting at one mile, at, at, at what area you were in yeah. and that would be it there wouldn't be no run on. It wouldn't. You wouldn't start late. Nothing. That was it. And that was. Um, I think that's a lot better. And it's it's brought the sport on a lot. I think. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And from a medals point of view, you know, you've you've just got a silver at the last world championship, and you've had another break again, really. So, yeah. you know, you fell out of love with the sport a little bit. How did you get two thousand and nine world championships? It, it's it's strange you ask. I've just well, as you know, I've just we just spoke before, and I've just got off a, a, a video call with Ken Forrest. Okay, um, who I know is a good good friend of yours as well. It's very good, yeah, um, yeah. Um, and I was I was beaten in the final again by Ken from Newcastle. A, amazing fighter, phenomenal fighter. His mentality behind it, and he, he said, you know, people who we know would come up to him and say. Oh, you're in the final, you're fighting, say, I'm fighting tank, and they'd say, Un- unlucky, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, what that was, and I sat yeah. with Ken before that final and was like, yeah. you know, uh, tank's renowned for points. We, 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 yeah. know, we, we knew who yeah. you are, we knew what you were about. Yeah. You know, you, you're you going to have to up your game. You're going to have yeah. to... Uh, ask. Go on, I'll let you, let, you, let you finish talking about because I've got a few, a few thoughts running through my head for that final as yeah. well. Well, in my um, in my head, I'd I'd won the fight. I remember someone right. coming up to me before and saying, "Oh, you're fighting Ken. That'll be a good fight." And I was just thinking, "No, no, it won't. This is yeah. this is going like this is done. I'm I've already, you know, in my head, I'd already won yeah. it. And I'd gone through the scenario in my head, um, but unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. I, I mean, Ken's Ken's tall. Was he six four, six five? Yeah. Um, I remember coming out and he threw a few kicks and he'd hit my arm and I'd moved and then one of them he just kicked me in the face and I thought right okay yeah. I'm in I'm in yeah, I'm in a fight now yeah. yeah and unfortunately we went on from there and, and Ken beat me which is you know it's great for Ken it's not so good for me <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately there's always going to be there's always going to be one person who wins and one who one person who doesn't yeah. do you think that Ken maybe's just not it was your first world championship back after a couple of years. Ken had been continuously fighting from I, 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 I don't think Ken really missed the world championships from 2003 onwards. I think he said, um, no, he's on his knee, I think he's on his knee, yeah, and right, I had, he to, did. had to miss one or two, yeah. He did, it might have been 2006, um, he'd done his knee because, yeah, yeah, it might have been Germany. I don't think he went to Germany, it was Germany yeah. was 2006, is that right? I, I mean. Yeah, roll, but I can't remember they, either. They all roll into one for me now. Yeah, they do. They do. Um, but do you think that 
here you come back after a couple of years out from not competing at a world championships. Yeah. Certainly played it played among maybe you say now you'd already won that fight in your head, so maybe you just had switched off before you'd even gotten the map because you'd already you'd already won it. Yeah. And three, Ken comes from a continuous background, so he's probably throwing shots that are just so alien. Yeah, yeah, and no, but because obviously I train with Ian, and Ian's one of yeah. the best continuous fighters to ever. He's he's not just the best continuous; he's one of the best points fighters as well. And he's just, he's, just yeah, he's one yeah. of them ones who's horrible. He's just good at everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. But again, that's just that's that's just his mindset. But yeah, yeah, I, I no, I don't think it was it was anything alien to me. I, I, maybe I just underestimated it. And I'm, you know, yeah. maybe you know, I'll take nothing away from Ken. Ken won. He's he's just um, he's a great fighter. And I'm just, like yes. I say, he's still going with him now. We just we I've just spoke to him for a good hour and a half, nearly two hours, maybe uh, on a on a video call. So. Um, but but that's the good thing about the sport as well. You don't really make many enemies. You only you only make friends. It's not, you know. Yeah. You you come off and I'd have no problem coming off and having a beer with Ken Street after. You yeah, know, of course. He's a, he's a he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, it was just unfortunately that 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 year didn't go for me. Yeah. And how did you feel after that World Championship? Was it was there that moment again after like the two thousand and five Worlds where you just went, that's it, I'm done again, I'm not competing anymore? Or was this time a very very different feeling yeah it was a very different feeling obviously I was I was gutted about about the results but um I, I had I had a bit between my teeth then yeah and I thought you know we're go- I'm gonna I'm gonna do this Let, let's let's go so um the next year was America Florida yeah um and that was good I felt good going in um I fought on the teams team event, um, and I won me. Well, I won me thing at the team event. Um, no, sorry, two thousand ten was Portugal. That's what, yeah. I didn't Portugal. go aside. So yeah, you're right. I yeah, did, I again, that. they all they all just roll into one mate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just sitting there yeah. going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was um, it was very good. Yeah, fought on the team event. It was it was um, it was it was great. Uh, Got through to in the semi final. We'd, we'd been warned about a guy, and he was fighting in, in as a heavyweight. And we that he was, he was unbelievable. He was the American champion, and right. no one had beat him all year. His name was Justin Jones. Okay, and no one had beat him all year, and this was his year. And I'd got him in the semi final, and it was it was a hard semi final. I think it went to it went to an extra. It was a draw after the, the first the first bit and then it went to an extra time and I beat him in the extra time to go through to the final um, where I fought a guy called Brendan Mitty yeah yeah um, again another absolute you know powerhouse in from Liverpool (laughs) yeah yeah Um, yeah and again unfortunately uh, in the final it was uh, I was beat again in the the final by, by Brendan I've I've been you know again he's a good friend I've been training yeah, yeah. quite a bit um, yeah. and again he's been around for for how long years and years and years well I think I think when I spoke to to, to Kenny said I think he first fought him in 1985 um, yeah. shows how old Ken know. is yeah yeah uh, which was the year I was born so it was a year after mm. I was born yeah 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 um, so. 
Yeah, it's, so it's not like you know, it's not like you're going to these world championships and you're getting beat off a slouch or someone who's just been very fortunate to get to a world championship. You're getting beat off world class fighters, world class competitors. Yeah. That absolutely, and that was something that I, I took from it. You know, I was saying, you know, you're not getting beat by this one person who's yeah, yeah. untouchable, or yeah. you know, you're getting beat by good fighters, but you know, you've been beat by this fighter, this fighter, and this fighter yeah, yeah. who are all in my mind all beatable yeah. um, and like I say it's not as if they were on the pedestal they were the, the, they were the best and no one yeah, could yeah. beat them you know there was always that that chance I, but, I think it's probably quite important to highlight I think a lot of people see sports and they go oh they got beat uh, blah 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 but any competitor because you fight so often can have an off day or an a fight where things just don't go your way and sometimes politics comes into it sometimes it goes whether a judge favours you or not yeah it's yeah. you know there's so many things can happen on the day not just you know people people look at it and go oh it's a mindset thing sometimes don't they but just on the day sometimes it just doesn't happen yeah no you you are right yeah it's just you know you look back and it is just one of them things yeah 100% but, um, yeah that, that was that was 2010 and me wife was pregnant with me son right at that time and after 2009 I was umming and ahhing whether I should do it or whether I should go yeah. and it was, it was that had said to me no this is something that you've 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 got to do yeah you've got to that's, you've got to push for um, that's amazing to have so, that support within the household as well though isn't it you know because oh, it'd be I so easy for yeah. your wife to go no David look at you're definitely not yeah. competing. Yeah, no, that is something I'm so grateful for because yeah. she's honestly the support that I've had off, off my wife is um, amazing, unreal. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't, um, I couldn't give her enough praise really. Yeah. Uh, because every time I sort of come back and I'm like, right, okay, what am I going to do now? She's yeah. she's always right. You're going to get back on the horse, and we're going to do this again. Yeah, and it's probably important. Another, you know, I'm important. Lots of highlight highlight things at the moment, but it's. Unfortunately, unless you're very good and you've got someone who's going to back you and sponsor you to go with competing, it's an amateur sport that isn't funded by UK government. So we, you know, yeah. every person who competes has to fund this themselves or get a sponsor to do that. And you're going away to world championships every single year, just about. And yeah. these are not cheaply, you know, you talk about Portugal, you just talk about America. America costs a fortune yeah. to get there, especially when you're taking into account, you've got to pay for competition fees. You know, you've got to pay for new suits, new track suits. They're not just handed to you. So I think it's quite important. Yeah. That and, when, and when you're over there, you're, um, you know, your wife's at home with an, a new child and yeah. you're in, you know, you're in, you're in Disney a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, you know, it's um, it's it's not it's not ideal. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm having a horrible time. I'm having a horrible time. Yeah, I I, I couldn't um, I could I, I can't thank him enough really for the support no. that I do get. Oh, that's amazing. So 2009, 2010, you you know you're consistently the, the silver medalist. Yeah. Go on, keep keep talking us through the journey. Okay, so um, 2011. Um, my wife had my son. Yeah. And everything sort of took a back seat then. You know yourself, when you have a child, there's, there's yeah. suddenly more important things in the world than oh, yeah. traveling, traveling the world to, to, to compete in martial arts. Um, so 2011, I, I, I took that, that time out. Um, and when 2012 rolled around, I had a, a good friend who's 
who's in, he was into the kickboxing, he still, he still is, he's um, called Sean Mooney. And yes. for years he played American football. Right. Um, the Merseyside. And he'd said to me, you haven't been training and, you know, what's going on? I said, oh, you know, it's going away all the time. He said, well, do you fancy, do you fancy getting into American football? So, I'm, I, you know me, I'm up for I'm up for anything. Yeah, yeah. I'll try, I will try anything. So, um, so yeah, I jumped into the American football and sort of hit the, hit the ground running, really. Um, the first oh. season, first season we were there, we got beat. The, the season previous to me, um, they'd gone one and nine, which is they'd won one and they'd lost nine. Right. And then we got started, we got a, a new coach then. He coached us up and we ended up in the playoffs and we come up, up your way. We got beat by Gateshead in the right, playoffs. Okay. But again, that was a kind of a marker put down. Well, we don't beat you in um, football, so we might as well try and beat you in something up here in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the 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 year after we done, we went the whole season unbeaten. We won the the national title. We beat, really? we beat wow. Edinburgh. Yeah, we beat Edinburgh in the final in a stadium in Leeds. That's and is it very much like the Super Bowl where you get one of those blingy rings? It actually is, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't oh, believe yes. it, but yeah, I love that. It, uh, it actually, it actually is, mate. Yeah, you do get the, uh, you do get the ring. Oh, you'll it's have not, to send me do a picture out and post that. Yeah, I will do. Um, I have got it on my phone somewhere. I'm just giving a quick scroll about ten thousand photos on it. Do you, do, do you yeah. wear them as well every day? Oh, guys, you can't see that, but there's oh, there's not just one there. There's two. Yeah, there's two because the uh, the following year we. We done it again. We went right through and unbeaten and won again. That is. So, what yeah. position did you play? I was on the defensive line, so okay. It's not like well, in American football, you're allowed fifty odd players right. on, on the in the squad. And, okay. Um, but obviously, we in England we don't get fifty odd players to, to, to play. <laughs> you know, and, no. Um, so we probably had maybe twenty five. Right, so, okay. you, if you were given a position, you didn't just have to learn that position. You might have to learn another one or two. Okay, yeah. But I was just—I just played on the defensive line. Um, there's usually four positions: the two right. ends and two in the two in the middle. And we, um, yeah, we just we just cracked on from there. And it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I it, I like the team camaraderie, which you don't right. you don't necessarily get with. Um, with martial arts because it's an individual sport yeah although you'd have your team around you when you're training and you'd have your team when you go out there when you get on and do your thing it's not up to anyone else Uh, everyone else in that in your circle has done what they can do for you now it's up to you whereas when I've gone into into that you know it was it was very much team camaraderie yeah which which I enjoyed okay that's really interesting because I know that I've you know just playing football um, here in the Northeast. And I did it very much just because I moved to a new area and it was, you know, a friend had kindly yeah. invited me to go and play with a team. And I really struggled with it. I mean, it wasn't any, comp- you know, I wasn't competing for a national championship. So the, the motivation and the mentality will be very different. But I, I really couldn't handle it. The fact that players could hide 
and maybe get away with putting in less less work rate and effort. And that, by the way, yeah. I'm horrendous. I'm shocking at football. I'm not professing to be anything special. Um, I've got two left. But you feet. really tried. But yeah, I, yeah I, I ran around like a headless chicken. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I, you know, I, I am very much. If I'm going to do something, yeah, I want to win. I, I don't. I don't want to lose. And yeah. I found uh, it, the the lads are great. You know, they were all friends from school. And they just did it as a way of seeing each other once a week and staying yeah, in touch. Yeah. And I and I must admit, I did struggle with the whole team. The whole team. I, I think with with team sports, people who are talented can get away with not working hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. But but people who work hard can also get away with not being talented. That, yeah. That's the, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about football. Not at all. But, yeah, but uh, some of the things that that went on and like that in football, it yeah. it was it was it was eye opening as a team. Yeah, you know, as a uh, as a team, some of the things I was like, you know, that you don't get this in martial arts. Everyone's very disciplined, and yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, Even just yeah, the respect so. towards referees and whatnot. I know, I know rugby's certainly quite respectful towards them. Football's absolutely horrendous, but martial arts is, you know, you don't tend to see many people being disrespectful to a judge or a referee. No, right. And, and I, I really like that about the sport from a discipline side of things. Yeah. Even especially if your club's with, not the most disciplined. Yeah, especially when you go to certain organisations, you're not even allowed to talk to the referee. Yeah, yeah. They won't. You know, you can't dispute anything or because the referee is, is king and that's the end yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a, it was a massive respect, a huge discipline. So, you know, you're top two in the world consistently for martial arts. You're always, you know, British champion. And now you're also a British champion of American football. That is like an unbelievable achievement to say that I'm not only great at one sport, I'm also great at another sport as well. It doesn't matter if it's a team effort or not, you know, to have yeah. that two British titles in two very, you know, very different sports is yeah. a phenomenal achievement. Do you ever look at that and just go like, sit back and just go, wow, tank, unbelievable. Yeah, and no, I suppose um, a lot of my friends say, you know, do you realise what you've done type of thing? And I just say, it's oh, yeah, shit. you know. Um, but for, for me, it wasn't, the training wasn't that different. It was all, yeah. all plyometrics, all explosion. Yeah. And that's that's why Sean identified me and said, I think he'd really, you know, be really good yeah. at this. Um, it's it still a different game, though, isn't it? Oh, no, it is. It's absolutely, it's completely different. It's, but, the um, training was very similar. Yeah, like we'd if we do sprints, we do fly sprints, so we'd lie flat on the floor and go. And then so we get to American football and you'd be crouched down in a position ready to go. You you yeah. know, you're halfway, you're halfway up. So I was always yeah. first off. Or if we had to lie, you know, sometimes you had to lie on the floor, turn over, jump and run and and I was good at that because that's what I was used to. Yeah, yeah. Um but what so I couldn't get used to said. Yeah, what I couldn't get used to was the fact that you could be running towards someone who's got the ball and even though you haven't got the ball, someone can wipe you out. Yeah, yeah, you know? I can imagine that. And, 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 and I struggled stuck. with that. Yeah. yeah, I struggled with that. And I've never picked up more injuries in my life, in my whole martial arts career. I've never picked up as much injuries as in the three years I've, I've done. I've really? Done the, uh, Is that yeah. just because you can almost be blindsided by someone who hasn't got the ball and then they just, all of a sudden, you might be yeah. watching this and then... Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but it's also the, the concussion thing. I, I, there's a there's a massive thing in America about it, about the, the concussion yeah. and how it's dealt with. And I can see because if when you're on a defensive line or an offensive line, you're lined up in front of some guy. Yeah. And the first thing you two are doing is button heads. Yeah. And do you, you know, think that because of the, the protective equipment that you're wearing, it almost gives you a false sense of security. I think, well, actually, I'm kind of impenetrable here. I'm untouchable because this yeah. helmet's going to protect me. These shoulder yeah. pads are going to protect me. And you just kind of yeah. boom. Absolutely. There was one standout one. We played Manchester um, at home. And I can still see the guy's face who I was facing. We'd won. We'd won, the, we'd won our division. And we were going into the playoffs. So right. all the lads decided we were going out. So the beer Keller in Liverpool used to sponsor us. So it was like right. we'll get you know, we'll put loads of chicken wings on for you as soon as you say chicken wings to American <laughs> football. It's like Christmas, you know. Love it. So we'd gone out and I didn't feel great. So I said, I'll just take the car, Shandy, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I remember having one sip and thinking, nah, I'm I'm going. And I was I drove the car, I was driving home. I had to stop on the way to be sick. Wow. Um a couple of times and then I got back and it was only the next day I realised obviously you 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 concussed. You've wow. got that yeah, you've got yeah. that concussion and you know um yeah but just just little things like going to work the next day and you'd be beat up and you'd have to <laughs> yeah. and then so Monday yeah you it'd be Sunday you'd you'd play Monday you'd be beat up Tuesday you'd start getting a bit better Wednesday you'd train and then Thursday, Friday, you'd start recover. Sunday, yeah, yeah. you'd play it. You'd play again, and it just yeah. After the the three years, it's just not sustainable, especially yeah, coming yeah. home with, with you know it, it's a bit selfish really coming home when you've got a, a young child and whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you're struggling to get off the couch for four days a week. <laughs> <laughs> was that was it after that after those titles that you thought actually I just need to get back to sport karate now? It was yeah, yeah it was. What, what took um, you back? What took you back? I don't know. I, I can't really put me, me finger on it. Um, I think I've always got to be, I've always got to be active. I've always got to be yeah. doing something. I've got to have something to look forward to. And after I decided, um, I wasn't, I wasn't going to go back to the kickboxing and karate. Uh, sorry, go back to the American football. I think it was my wife who just said, well, you know, you've still got, you've still got that avenue you can go down there. Yeah. Um, I was still training on and off yeah, one yeah. once a week, maybe going and helping out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, two thousand and what was it, two thousand and fourteen or something, two thousand fifteen, maybe I started right. training again, um, and and started competing again. In, in and you haven't missed the world since, have you? Apart from this year because of COVID. No, I don't think so. No, no, eh, no, no. I have, I have, yeah. No, I have. I, I done. I done fifteen, two thousand fifteen, and I done two thousand and seventeen, and then eighteen. I think. Right. Okay. Oh, um, and and do you still just love going to world championships? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I love it. Um, and the 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 whole everything about it, I love going. I, lo- I like. I love seeing the people who I've known for for years. You only get to see a couple of times a year. Yeah. Um, I, I love. I suppose I love the social standing that that I've got now in in the team where I'm a senior yeah. member. Um, you know, people come to come to me for advice now, whereas I yeah. I go to other people for advice back in the day. Um, yeah, I do. I, I I love it. I love everything about it. Um, 
I, I just I can't I can't put my finger on what it is. I suppose uh, is there anything? Is it is it the is it just that you love? I don't know because you've done all these world championships and we talked about this on on take one. You know, yeah. the, you you said that the gold medal is still the one that gets you. And you said, unfortunately, due to COVID, this was the year where you had never trained anything like it. You dropped weight. You had, you know, you put everything into that. And hopefully yeah. next year we're, we're kind of back to some some sort of a normality, yeah. certainly a new yeah. normality. Is it is it very much the gold medal that is one of the major things that keeps pulling you back to the world championships? Or is it almost now? Yes, I want that, but I just love the, I love the friendships I've made. I love the going to see a new country. I love the comp- competing in regardless, you know? I think it's probably everything. Main, mainly I want that gold medal. Um, yeah. I am, I am classed as a veteran now. I'm 35. Yeah. Um, nice. But that's not, yeah, I, I can fight any over 35s. Yeah, yeah. And I probably, without being disrespectful to anyone, I could probably win it with my hands to be on my back. Yeah, yeah. Or I feel I could. I don't yeah, know whether that is the case now. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Um, I am getting old. Uh, but there's there's that one that I want. I want to win that heavyweight heavyweight yeah. title, and that's that, that's the one I'll be going for. Like you say, last year, I dropped six stone. Wow. Um, to, I mean, I've I, I've always been a, a big lad, and, you know, with the American football, we, we, that's... You know, yeah, yeah, that's a vital part of the American football as well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I'm, well, I'm still training for it now. Might even go ahead, but I'm, I'm training for it. I'm getting up every morning. I'm doing the six o'clock training of the night. I'm, you know, while I'm off work at the moment, yeah. I'm coming home and skipping in the back garden. And, yeah, and um, I think it's, it's, it's an important message certainly for the young listeners who are in sport karate, just because there isn't the world championships you've still got to train like there is going to be one. And I think it's a, you know, as you said, there are people now come to you because you are elder um, and with a lot of experience, young people have to to be looking at you from my personal point of view and going, well, actually that's the standard. That's what I need to be doing. You know, it doesn't matter that there is no world championships at the moment. It doesn't matter that, you know, I've only got a garden, I've only got a yard or, or whatever the situation is. I need to find some way to train. And I think that yeah. certainly for listeners who are into sport quality, you know, need to be listening. They need to be listening to your podcast, listen to how other people train as well. Um, but certainly I think that's a great message for the younger generation to, to, to do. You know, you just said you're 35 years old, which isn't old. From a competition side of it, it's a little bit older yeah. and you're still getting up at five, six o'clock in the morning. I know just prior to recording this, you were, you were on the text there saying, you know, half five, are we up? We're going to Everton Hills in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just, just don't, don't, don't make an excuse. There's no excuse. If I know we're in testing times at the moment, but if you've got a, a, a space which is two meters by one meter, you can lie down and do an exercise. You can stand up and you know you can go out jogging. Don't make an excuse. There's there's never there's never a good enough excuse. Um, you know, yeah. there's there's always there's always time. People, people and is that your advice that you would give to someone who is looking to, you know, maybe following your footsteps or already does the sport? Yeah, don't yeah, don't make don't make excuses. And there's there's always there's always time. People who say yeah. they haven't got time for something uh, are sleeping too much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the way you know. I, I've, yeah, I um, I've no problem going to bed at one o'clock in the morning. 
and getting up at five because something needs doing because I can I can catch if I need sleep I can catch twenty minutes here and there and yeah, that, yeah. that's fine. There's always time. There is that's, always time. It's a great piece of advice. What are your aspirations now then? Firstly, within sport karate. So you know you you talk about the world championships, but I wonder what the aspirations are moving forward as well. Um, I don't know really. I, I I'd like to I'd like to teach more. Okay, I think um, maybe at some point in the future, open my own my own gym, my own club. Yeah. Teach from there. At the moment, it's not it's it's not an option because yeah, yeah. I work away from home, as you know. Um, so at the moment it's not an option so hopefully I can get back home and open a, a small sort of kickboxing karate place and, yeah, and sort of pass, pass some knowledge on you know I'm not, I'm not yeah I, I wouldn't say I was the most knowledgeable but I, I've got something to I have got something to give and if, if people I think with the amount of world championships that you've been to the amount of medals you've won over the years and the fact that you're a national champion in another sport, which is still find absolutely fantastic. Yeah. That you've got absolutely, you've probably got more more knowledge that, than you give yourself credit for. Really, hundred percent. Yeah. I think any I think any person that attended that gym would be very fortunate to be able to, to take from that knowledge. And the fact that you've trained with some of the best competitors in the world as well. Not only yeah. are you one of the best competitors in the world, you've trained with other competitors who are top class. You know, you've done that off your own back. Nobody, you said your dad didn't make you go here, there, and everywhere. You've sought that off your own back to go and train with the best people in the world. So, I don't see how be- I don't see how people couldn't benefit from training with you. To be honest, Tank, not at all. No. And your podcast. Let's talk about it. So we've got the Psychic Podcast. You know, you've had some okay. unbelievable guests on there so far. Tell us yeah. a little bit more about that and how it came about. <laughs> Um, it was something I was thinking about for for a few years through YouTube. I thought we'll get a video and you know we'll set it up, we'll do a little interview. And then the more I was thinking about it, the more I was thinking, oh, I don't really want to do the video thing. Yeah. It's not not everyone wants to do that. And it sort of went on the back burner. And then I got really got into podcasts and I thought, you know what, this is something that that I could I could roll out um, for specifically for for sport martial arts or freestyle karate or whatever. Anyone yeah. wants to call it, yeah. And um, and yeah, it's just something that we've that I've, I've rolled with. I, I decided that during lockdown I was going to do it. Um, my first person I had on was my coach, which made sense because you know he was he's only he lives around the corner. We trained yeah. together, and um, and I loved it. It was like a trip down memory lane. We yeah. had it. We had a, We had a, We we done it in my kitchen. I, I just I just went and bought some podcasting stuff and. Um, and it was great. Um, secondly, I went went to Lorraine, who coached me before, yeah. and we, and it, again, just I just loved it. I just think that these fighters and these coaches have got so much knowledge and so much to give, and they can only give it to the people that are in the gym or yeah. people close to them. Whereas we've set something up now where people can listen to it from all over the world with people listening in Singapore and Liechtenstein and, yeah, and yeah. you know, and, and these people are taking experiences that the top fighters and coaches have, have had and maybe implementing it into their training. Or if, if they've made a mistake along the way, then that that's great because they can take that and say, right, well, I won't do that because this yeah, person's done it and, and it's the wrong thing to do. So yeah, that was initially why we, we set it up and it's kind of taken off a little bit. Yeah. 
I was just going to say, what's the reaction been like? Because I've seen your followers on social media and, you know, it's all yeah. about the thousands. The amount yeah. of people that comment and love the podcast is just yeah. incredible. How does it make you feel getting all the feedback that you're getting and just, just seeing how well it has took off? Yeah, it's, it, with, with anything, it's, it's nice to get recognition no matter what you're doing. Um, you know, it's only... You only got to make the bed, and your missus comes in and goes, "Oh, you, you know, you've done that right for the first time." You know, <laughs> then it's, it's rec- yeah, it's recognition. Um, <laughs> you know, so any, anyone likes a, likes a bit of recognition, regardless. So yeah, when you're getting messages, it's really good. Um, and and sometimes people ask me about things, and I can put them onto certain people, or you know. So yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the interaction with anyone who contacts me or or comments at. at I try my best to to comment back or get back in touch with them. Um, oh, it's amazing! And and yeah, do, are you just finding now because it's it's going so well that you're actually getting other other competitors who are getting in touch with you and saying, "Look at Tank, I love what you do. I'd like to be on the show because I know you've yeah. you know I've had some amazing guests on it, and we were talking earlier. You've got some amazing guests lined up as well. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, um, and these are people who I've never dreams would even want to come on you know yeah yeah um we've we've we're doing a, an international series soon so everyone who we do at the moment is from the uk um i've, I've only done two through zoom uh one i done one earlier on tonight and i, I done one a couple of weeks ago so i'm a bit new to zoom i'm not i'm not great with it yeah, i like yeah. the interaction i like the interaction where i go and i sit and i feed off someone's reaction and yeah i can um, imagine and it's 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 great. Did, Again, you, did you think you'd get the response that you got from it? No, I was just expecting, when I, I spoke with Ian first, I was expecting a few people from the club to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now it's just, you know, it's 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 really, it's really gone. It's really yeah, gone. It's just big. snowballed and just, yeah. Went it is, yeah. A lot, of, lot of people listening and getting in touch and whatever else. But again, it's just through friendships, what I've created and, in martial arts where yeah. um you know even next next week I've got two American guys coming on and and a, a Canadian wow. who are gonna come on who, who I've known for, for a while. Yeah. Um so yeah it's just through through friendships the amount of friendships you pick up in in yeah. the in the sport is amazing. And I think with social media now as well it's so easy to maintain those friendships whereas when you were younger you know you you might have to write to somebody or, or yeah, chuck, you know, pen pals and yeah. all that stuff. Well, and then I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not great on social media. I've got a little bit better. Um, me, yeah, wife, my wife's younger sister has taught me a little bit because right. apparently there's, there's these things called filters. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have not got a clue. No, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't bother using anything like that. All, all I do is I, I just put on. Who's coming on the hashtag, podcast? Hashtag, Couple of pictures. Hashtag. Yeah, hashtag. Yeah, the hashtagging's been. Yeah, it's yeah. only about hashtags. Um, that's that's something that I'm still learning about. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I really. I'm not big on social media. But when you want to promote something now, you've got to be yeah, because it's done through, isn't it? Yeah. No one. No one switches the telly and watches the news anymore. They, they pick up their phone and yeah. look on Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram for news. Um, yeah. which is is the way of the world. It might, be, unfortunately, yeah. is the way of the world now. Yeah, um, I, I'm more of an old school reading yeah. the newspaper type of person. Teletext. 
Tell <laughs> yeah, see facts. Who can you holidays on see facts? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love uh, that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. No, that is unbelievable. We'll make sure that we put you know everything that every detail that we need to in the in the show notes as well for for the podcast and make sure we we get this one on for your listeners because I do think it's very important that your your listeners understand more about the person who's conducting the interviews. It isn't just somebody who has decided to take an interest in sport karate. It's someone who's very much been involved with it, been at the highest level for, you know, almost two decades now and is still at the top level competing every year. Thank so you, I think it's really important that, for your man. listeners to, uh, to learn from you. No, it's fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming on Hobby of a Lifestyle today, Tank. Actually, my last question, yeah. where, did, where did the name Tank come from? Um, well, I was five years old and I, I wasn't right. I wasn't small, you know. Um, and I walked in and my instructor at the time, Billy Dixon, said, "Jesus Christ, he's a tank," and that's it stuck. <laughs> it's just, I that's love it. that. Just stuck, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, there you go. That yeah. was that was the most important question of the day, really. It was, yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> mate. Um, Thank you so much, Tank. I really appreciate it. And I'll Andy, I appreciate you having me on, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hobby of a Lifestyle. Stay safe, stay well, and we'll see you next time.